0: Everybody wants to live a life where they can choose how they spend their time and who they spend their time with. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you my journey to financial freedom. We'll be documenting each step of the way. We'll also be interviewing guests and asking them how they achieve their financial independence. Be sure to grab a pen, get a piece of paper, take as many notes as you can. You're listening to The Journey to Financial Freedom, and I'm your host, Craig Prickett. All right, so we've got Jason Greystone on the show with us today. So welcome to the show. I'll, I'll get you to sort of introduce yourself and just give us a brief background on who you are,
1: just, just in case people aren't aware of who you are. Sure. Yeah, I'm uh, thanks for having us on, Jason Greystone. I'm a professional investor, um, trader, angel investor, entrepreneur, I've um, built several businesses, I help people on their financial freedom journey. And um, that's pretty much me. I, I, that's what I do pretty much every day of my life, just kind of help people uh, move forward in their, in their wealth creation, their financial freedom journey. And um, other than investing in businesses and stocks and startups and trading the markets, that's pretty much what I do these days. So how did
0: your sort of how did your journey come about i mean like it, most people who sort of get on the journey have a aha moment think like okay trading type of money isn't quite the way to to be going obviously we're in a uh, information age now not a sort of industrial age where people are kind of stuck in in that mindset still
1: yeah i mean for me it was uh, a, a... When, when I was 13, actually, when I wanted to save up for this BMX bike that I wanted, it was a mongoose Sniper, and uh, I lived on this council estate, and kind of everyone hated money. Everyone had this kind of negative view towards money, and uh, one summer, just six months before my birthday, I, I basically did a deal with my dad that if I raised half of the money to the bike, he'd buy me the rest of it. the bike, or give me the other half of the money, <clears throat> and for my birthday, I'd be able to go and collect the bike and um anyway i I kind of spent a day washing a car i got paid five pound five pound plus two pound tip and um that night my friend asked me if he could help so you know giving up seven pounds of your hard earned labor um when you're trying to save a hundred pounds it was it wasn't something that was easy to do but i um I found myself giving over my seven pounds to my dad on the first night to buy me another bucket and sponge from Safeway or whatever the supermarket was at the time and uh, he come back and the next day we washed four cars because I had my friend and then about three days later we bought another bucket and sponge and we kind of invested the money back into the more buckets and more sponges and we bought squeegees and all this kind of thing and then by the end of about three, four weeks time down the road, we had like four friends of mine washing all the cars, and I wasn't washing the cars, but I was being paid more than them. So it was it was uh, it was eye opening because I wasn't actually doing anything. I was just going to knock at the doors to book the car washes, and I was going to the doors to collect the money. But I wasn't actually scrubbing and putting in, you know, getting the wrinkly fingers and all that
0: exactly. and
1: getting the dirty fingernails. And, uh, and I remember thinking, wow, this is like this must be why people hate money. It's because they're just they're just not using it the right way, because this is fantastic. So that was the earliest memory that I have of, uh, of realizing that there's a different way to use money. And if you invest it the right way. It can actually liberate you um, and and free up your time so that you can focus on doing more stuff. And um, yeah, that was definitely a a turning point for me.
0: So, obviously, once uh, you were obviously going to school at that point, and Mm. once you
1: left school, where where did your sort of life lead you then? Did you go? Um, I went. Yeah, yeah, so from I've worked from like 14 years old, I used to, at, at the weekends, I used to do cleaning jobs and kind of go and help my dad. Uh, I used to do all sorts of stuff. I used to always work at the weekends as a kid and I used to save my money. Um, And then when I left school, I wanted to be a fireman. So I couldn't go into the fire brigade straight away because he had to be 18. So I kept, you know, I I thought I'd get a trade. I thought I'd I'd be an electrician, an electrical engineer. And I, I went to college I got a job kind of just in my lap from my stepdad and my uncle. They both worked as electricians, so they got me a job. And that was it, really. I, I kind of went into that path of um, just just as a natural kind of progression. It wasn't something that I'd woke up every day dreaming to do, but it was something that was there, and I wanted some money. And, and uh, like every kid, um, I thought it would be the – you know, I thought it was a decent – career and it was it was and then by the time I was 18 and the fire brigade actually accepted me um I was earning more than I would in the fire brigade so I uh yeah I decided not to join the fire brigade I mean
0: like for, for the job that you do as a fireman it, the, the money isn't great at all
1: no it's certainly not no they're definitely under rewarded those guys and the police and the NHS and all of them
0: oh yeah definitely so obviously with earning more money doing that where did that take you i was, you built a a huge business from
1: that uh yeah it wasn't a huge business but it was a it was a a decent sized business I basically when I when I didn't get into the fire brigade um I decided to go all in on electrical engineering and I, I made my mind up I didn't want to stay on the tools I wanted to work my way up I wanted to run my own business and all the rest of it and um then something happened and we found out that we were going to have a baby and uh you know I was 22 years old um I remember thinking I definitely don't want a baby you know I'm definitely not ready for that I haven't got my income right I haven't got I'm not where I want to be and uh and that forced me to put a plan together to to reach a level of financial freedom and financial independence basically get my act together financially. Um, Not that I was bad, but I wanted to get to a position where I didn't have to work and I could support them so that they had all the choices that I didn't have uh, when I was a kid. And uh, that's when I decided that I need to start a business to control my income. So I started a business to control my income, but I also started a business to abuse the business, right? So I I started the business with a purpose to pay me as much as as possible so that I could invest it. And uh, with that came a lot of issues and challenges and problems. Um, but that's that's what I did. And, you know, that it, it worked out all right. We built it out of my shed. It went to about 3 million, 3, 4 million. Um, and, uh, and then I became so frustrated with that. That's when I went into kind of higher speculation stuff to try and replace my income as quickly as possible.
0: Uh, how did, obviously, that spent a lot of money learning that yeah but, but when you found out you had was having a child um how was your finances looking at that point was that did you have much debt was or how 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 were they how did it look
1: um i didn't have much debt i'd say we we took on a debt to um i always use money wisely to be honest you know well I when i when i was 20 years old um i probably had you know 10 grand in the bank which is is pretty rare for 20 year olds uh and i kind of had this limit in my head that i didn't like to go below and um that was just saving so i'd I'd just save a portion of my income all the time and um i'd start trying and save more and more if i could and when i was as i say when i was 20 years old i had a i felt okay i felt uh, frivolous I felt um, you know I, I felt at ease and I, I was calm as a result of having that that cash um, we did get debts obviously I got a loan for my first um, flat we got a loan for the, for the deposit on the first flat um, we had to kind of my wife was pregnant and we had to kind of hide the bump so that we could pretend we didn't have any dependents to get the thing and all that so like yeah, we had a couple of loans, we had a couple of debts, but I I'm never I've never been, you know, I've never I've never been ridiculously, you know, over leveraged or in some crazy debt because I that's just not me. I'm I'm very methodical about certain things and money is definitely one of them.
0: I suppose having that from a young age and having such high value on it, I suppose that's yeah
1: i didn't ever want to have the childhood that I had for my kids and I definitely didn't want to have those problems that I grew up around with everyone around that estate I didn't want to have that myself so that almost you know frightened the life out of me going forward and and made me have a different value system on on money i
0: suppose a, a lot of it that comes down to values i mean like
1: we had the I was on the,
0: your live stream the other day when someone mentioned about the mindset BS and it it just blows me away that people can just come out of stuff like that.
1: (laughs) How ironic is that though? Like they're they're the people that just spend years going around saying that same thing and and not getting anywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it is ironic. It's ironic. And unfortunately that's how many people, they think that there is some other way uh, and they spend their whole lives looking for that other way without listening and taking on board advice from someone who's achieved a result that they want which is the quickest way that you can get a result so how,
0: how long would you say it took you to become uh, financially independent like maybe like phase one where your passive returns were covering your lifestyle
1: yeah so my it was semi passive at the time but it was um it was a scaling in process i would say it took me about Basically, when I was 25, that's when it really started to accelerate. And by the time I was 29, I had enough invested that would provide an income to cover a lifestyle that we had accumulated at that particular time forever without dipping into the invested capital, without you know, without eating into the, the capital that was working in the market. Some of that was semi-passive, but most of it was passive. So when I say semi-passive, there was some kind of swing trading stuff that I was doing that required me. Um, And then there was still other stuff that required me to do certain things, even if it was once a year or twice a year. So it was when I was about 30, 31, where it was completely autonomous, passive, um, and and, didn't need me. I could actually die and we could still live that lifestyle. Um, allowing for inflation, all the rest of it uh, into the future. So that it was about twenty nine um, was was the big, you know, you don't have to work kind of thing. And what did it look like on that day that you
0: realised that you could right, okay, go, Okay, I've I've got enough in in there to to essentially live on for it, like. Yeah,
1: that that's a, that's an interesting one because it's not like I think a lot of people think that you just get to this day and then it's like ah, oh, yeah, you know, I I, uh, I can. I'm a millionaire or something, you know, and that's what, that's what a lot of people think. Oh, I'm a millionaire. And I know so many millionaires that you know, just, it's just numbers on a piece of paper. You approximate a million pounds in net worth and nothing changes because nothing changes because you've scaled into that over a period of time. It doesn't, you don't just wake up when it hits a million, your whole life's completely different. It doesn't work like that. Um, and And it's similar really to the point where, um, when I created all the all the passivity, it still didn't. I didn't wake up thinking my life is, um, you know, is so different. But what it was is, it was really empowering knowing that you don't have to. You know, that's that's life changing. You don't have to answer to anyone. That's that's a real empowering feeling um, to not have to rely on even me. That that's that's the biggest. You know, that's the biggest eye-opener. Um, yeah, so it's it's an amazing feeling. You know, it's, it's a great feeling. I think a lot of people think they're gonna to get to that point by winning the lottery or something like that. But I'm telling you, um, if you inherit money or you have a win windfall or anything like that, you are still, it's kind of like when you try and lose weight, just going straight for liposuction. You know, you can get liposuction but it doesn't teach you how to be slim. So if you're not slim in the head, you're not gonna be slim regardless of having liposuction. And that's exactly what people do when they win the lottery. They, they don't know how to be millionaires and, and they don't know how to manage money. And I mean, we see it all the time. I don't know what the percentage of, of lottery winners keep their money, but it's very, very small. I think it's seventy percent go broke within five years. So it's, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, because they're desperately trying to think of how they can get rid of it quickly. Yeah, I mean, you ask anyone
0: what they would do if they won won the lottery, and they'll already tell you: I'll buy a house, I'll go on holiday, I'll do it's, this. It's
1: consumerism. I'll,
0: yeah, yeah. In, I'll invest. I'll um. I'll buy yeah, it. I, uh... no,
1: it's never any of that. No, no. So I'm much more about like when, and this has been from a young age. I would rather put a lump of money into something to pay income. A, you know, a low income, uh, I don't care. Cause the more I can do that, the income builds up and it's the income that we need to live. Yeah. If you've got a lump of cash and you're just chipping away at that every time to pay for your breakfast, it's soon going to dwindle away and you'll be left with no more breakfasts. <laughs> Whereas if you can put it to work that's going to pay you for your breakfast whilst without eating into it, that's much more of a wise move.
0: Yeah, uh, so obviously, the, the whole journey to financial freedom is the the why is is massive so w- would you say your why Definitely. was your kids or was there a, a bigger why my son
1: yeah my oldest son yeah no, no that was it that was it and then obviously your values change and you and as you progress you know you, what you find is you're absolutely right the, the why is so important because i tell you what financial freedom deciding to become financially free is one thing. Actually going after it takes a lot of courage, takes a lot of going against, you know, friends, family. It, it, that, you are going against 95% of, of what, how people think. And you have to accept being misunderstood by the majority of the people. So that's absolutely crucial. Um, but what you also have is you have this kind of inertia built in. So for every pound you make, you value money less. And uh, a great way to think about that is, is if I gave you, if you had no money and I said, look, I'll give you a pound if you come and you know, shine my shoes, you jump at the chance. And then if you had 10 pounds and I say, I give you one pound to shine my shoe, you'll go, yeah, all right, I'll still do it. It's 10% of your net worth. But if you had a thousand pounds and i offer you a pound to come and shine my shoe, you're probably not going to bother you probably and by the time you get a million it's like nah whatever keep you, keep your shiny shoes right keep your dirty shoes and 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 we've got that built in the whole time so the way you get around that and the way you keep pushing forward is to constantly reevaluate your mission and what you're up to you know and what you want your life to look like in the future and and the further you can see into the future the better because if you're just looking at tomorrow And your immediate little circle, you're not really going to have much of a push to go and do more. Um, And you'll value it less, you'll become complacent. And then a lot of the time, you end up stagnating or losing it all. Um, And I've seen that happen time and time again as well. So for me, yeah, the initial driver was... I mean don't get me wrong I always wanted to be financial it came from when I was a kid when we had nothing and I remember sitting in a dark corridor because our electricity ran out and the bailiffs were knocking at the door and I was 2 3 years old and I have this memory sitting outside the bathroom door my mum was in the in the bath I was you know scared and that sort of memory shifted my values on on money and security know i hate to this day i hate losing things it's one of my it really affects me if i if i know i've got something i've lost it that really affects me and it's something that i've got you know a a real problem about and that comes to security i hate i have problems sometimes when i don't know where my family are or they you know they're going somewhere and i I, that affects me sometimes So, so that stuff from when i was a kid shifted my values initially then when we found out I was having a baby, then obviously I definitely didn't want that life for him. So that that kicked me into round one. And then, as I've gone on and on and on, I always try to think, well, what does my life look like in ten years? What does my life look like in twenty years? What you know, what what does their life look like in twenty years? What what could I get up to that will keep me pushing forward and pushing forward without coming becoming complacent? And the more you think about that stuff, it's funny what happens because you end up. Just doing what you want to do, and uh, you, you kind of let everyone else do everything else, and you just focus. And because you've chose what you want to do in twenty years time, it's you giving yourself permission to live every day towards that mission, which is a position that surely everyone uh, wants to be in. You know, spending every day doing what you want to do and, and not being pushed around by other people. People don't realise that that's an option. They just think, right, that
0: you have to go for work you're right to earn earn your money that is the only way but obviously everything's
1: a choice everything is a choice and a decision that's it if you if you want a lamborghini you, you make the hardest bit about choosing like if i wanted a lamborghini the hardest thing about having a lamborghini for me is making that decision Because I know that when I make the decision, then I've got to go and do the work to go and get it. And and I've already calculated what I need to do and how I need to get it. So making the decision to have one is the hardest work. You know, it's like, okay, yeah, I've decided I'm going to get one and that's it. And that takes a lot of process, because if once I make the decision, then I've got to go and get it. And then, you know, it's certainty because I know what I've got to do
0: um and, and and the returns that you're going to lose the, the, the liquidity you're going to have to cash out or the the foreground yeah. you've got to run it <laughs> yeah
1: yeah but anything like if i want anything i make a, dis- a decision based on mathematics and um and then it's shall i get it shall i get it and and it's not like flip of a coin finger in the air it's when i make that decision it's something that i've calculated and now I've got to go and do the work there's no going back it's like right I've made the decision to go and get it so now I'm gonna go and get it and that's with everything if you want a lot of people that I hear say yeah it's all good but you don't have you know a kid to look after house to look after business to run and all that actually yes I do you know I did I did have all that. the the key is to slowly chip away. So this is another reason why it's important to think as far into the future as possible, because if you know where you want to be in the future, then you can just start breaking down all the tiny little pizza puzzle on how you get there and start building and designing bit by bit. And it might take 10 years. It might take 10 years and it might just start with paying a cleaner, you know, paying someone to do your ironing paying someone and and then guess what well i haven't got the money to pay a cleaner well there's the question what have you got to do to earn another 30 pounds to pay the cleaner to do that and then you can focus on doing what you want to do well uh, i've got to do this i've got to do that well who else can do that well they'll want paying well how can you pay them you know and, and it doesn't even have to be money it can be what do they need that you got that you can do better because you love doing it and they need it and then they can look after this or do this part for you and you do that bit for them. And people don't seem to think in terms of value systems and communication in value systems. And when you understand that, you actually figure out, well, you don't have to actually pay for too much, actually. You know, you've seen it You've seen it yourself. We've built a whole Tears of Freedom program with all of these incredible partners and teachers and mentors for free. Like we haven't paid for any of that. That's, that's what's available if you ask those questions, instead of thinking, this is gonna cost a fortune, you know, how can I do this? Why can't I afford this? Don't ask those questions, ask the questions, well, you know, how could I help them? What, what, what could I, how could I communicate to them so it's attractive to them and they get what they want and I get what I want? That's a much better question to ask. They get, get a win-win situation. Yeah, win-win situation and then you don't have to it's not just money you have to give up it's it's something else
0: yeah so obviously with the, with that as well you said about going out and earning extra money in the program it was about the expense optimization i mean that's a
1: pretty powerful technique in itself so there you go you can earn money just by not spending it <laughs> you can earn money by saving it uh you you, you end up you know cutting down your coffee bill or your sky bill and you've got an extra 25 pound to pay a cleaner and what do you do with that extra hour that you pay the cleaner with focus on you do more of what you want to do
0: more more creating other yeah so what would you say that are the three skills that you need to become a successful entrepreneur
1: Three skills you need. Uh, Well, first of all, you need to be able to uh, be open-minded for sure. Open-minded. If you've got a closed mind and you think everything should be done your way, you're you're dead. Um, For me, an entrepreneur's job is to have creative ideas and be able to see a problem and then not be the best in the room. Leverage that idea and be able to pitch it to people so they're on board and then get better people than you to work together and build it. Um, So often I see entrepreneurs out there where they have had a good idea and they've managed to get it to a certain level, but because they wanna be seen as the face, they're so scared to like bring the, you know, the people that made it happen to the forefront that they stagnate at a certain level rather than growing the thing and scaling the thing because they wanna be known as the, you know, the, the, the guy. When, if you look at, VaynerMedia. media i mean gary v isn't good at editing social media posts he doesn't do any he just you know he's just a person on camera he's got the team that do the skillful part same of you know richard branson can't fly a plane he can't fly he can't drive a yacht he doesn't do that he just he gets creative over problems and again communicating in value systems understanding what's a pain point for someone being able to package up a product by asking the right questions of how can I make this as valuable as possible and get people involved and get buy-in from people without it costing me loads of money and using influence to go out there and sell it and pitch it to people and then build it and then not be stupid with money. You know, in other words, don't build ideas, build products based on what people actually want. And then it's there. It's, it's like, it's almost like real successful entrepreneurs build things that people already want that's it it's not i need to have this invention and think of this thing that's never been done it's looking at how many people want something and then packaging something up to sell to them because they know that 90 percent of the other people won't do it they're not worried about competition and all that stuff so that's that's it
0: yeah so that basically don't reinvent the wheel just Put something together. Don't reinvent
1: the wheel. Be open-minded. Don't try and be perfect at everything. Um, surround yourself with other people, a team of people. Don't be a solopreneur because there's no such thing. And um, and just take risks. Take lots of risks, calculated ones, because if you can, you know, if you don't think spending every day in your crap job that you're unhappy with is risky <laughs> or you're going to spend your life miserable anyway you might as well go out and take a few risks and and just not die with that i wonder what if i'd done that you know that resentment of i wish i did that
0: yeah say so no no one gets to their deathbed at 80 90 and goes oh, i wish i worked harder
1: <laughs> no 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 one no one does that and no one goes to the deathbed going I'm really glad I didn't do all those things that I wish I'd done when I was younger.
0: <laughs> not. So obviously when you, when you just looking at your getting into like speculated, like speculation, um, you first looked at poker, what sort of yeah. led, you, led you away from poker and into the, into the.
1: <clears> well, I got a friend called Casper Berry and Casper Berry is a well-known poker player. He went over to Vegas, um, he went over to Vegas to kind of play poker for a couple of weeks and learn poker. And he ended up staying over there for three and a half years, generating a full-time income from it. And he played all the major casinos in Vegas. He was doing about 70, 80 grand a year in income from poker, which I thought that's incredible. You know, that's, that's great. Uh, and then there obviously the realms of, and, and after that, he went on to advise on casino Royale in the films and all that. So he's quite a big, well-known, uh, poker player now, but, after that we had online poker and I thought well this is even better because I haven't got to go to Vegas and all I'm looking to do is accelerate some returns so it's really no different from me investing as I normally do I could just go onto that platform and do some poker and then accelerate the portfolio and that's you know a lot of people do that believe it or not and um, that's what I was looking at the problem I and I was also looking at options and I was looking at the forex market the, the the deciding factor for me was i just couldn't i think poker's harder than trading forex and and the reason being is because they're very similar but poker you have to make a decision every 60 seconds and forex trading you don't other than that they're pretty much identical and and i couldn't necess- i couldn't get to grips with that i couldn't make decisions every 60 seconds it felt like i was Using too much energy, uh, and and I just didn't like it, so that's that's literally the deciding factor. I went into forex and yeah, blew a lot of money, but I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> I learned a lot blowing that money, and uh, yeah, eventually came good. So, so what would you say
0: on your entire journey has been your biggest failure? Well, not I wouldn't say failure, or let's put it
1: learning curve, biggest learning curve. Um, I've had a lot of learning curves. <laughs> Uh, mostly it's around, um, people and how they have emotional inefficiencies. And when you're trying to manage people, if you can't communicate in values, you, you can't get them to overcome those emotional efficiencies, things like grief, worry, fear, you know, uh, procrastination, things like that are all major inefficiencies. Um, none of us want it. None of us want it. None of us want to grief. None of us want to grief for two, two months. You know, no one wants to do that. No one wants to fear anything. No one wants to, uh, you know, worry about anything. It's just a massive inefficiency. But when you're dealing with teams and building teams, obviously all of these people are having these inefficiencies. and If you can't communicate with them on that level and understand why they're feeling those inefficiencies and help them overcome them, um, you're not going to be a leader. And that makes it very difficult for you to, um, to to move the company forward, to move the business forward, or whatever project it is, it makes it very difficult. So I found that out. That was one of my big learning curves because I ended up in a position where everyone was just like, you know, everyone just gone <laughs> and I had I literally felt like I had zero influence. And it was because I hadn't connected with people at that level. And obviously, I've done a lot of work on myself to to get to a position where I can understand what people are going through and communicate with them on on that where they're at. And I think that's that's a really important thing to do. So with that and also being able to process problems, you know, being able to take responsibility um be accountable for your actions things like that um learning curve if, if you feel like someone else should be doing something or you blame someone or whatever like you know you're gonna end up not in a good place you're gonna be you know you're not gonna move forward because you're gonna be blaming people and blaming people forever um when in actual fact it's far better to accept that everything is your fault everything is your problem you know everything every experience you're having right now and where you are in life right now is because of you and you can't you can't blame people it's uh, it's a major setback so
0: if you had to start your journey uh, again have you ever watched the program secret millionaire or undercover millionaire
1: is that where they give money to people they spend time in their in their company and then they kind of decide who they're gonna give money to?
0: No, so basically they get like, I think Grant Codome was on the last one. So they give him a hundred pounds and they send them off to a, another location and they have to build a million dollar business within 90 days. They've got no right, and they only have a hundred pounds. So what what would your like ideal situation be? What would you do in that 90 days?
1: Yeah. I haven't got the Scientology behind me to hand me out some money like Grant Cardone. <laughs> but I, um, I tell you, this is what I'd do. I would, uh, I would go and ask a series of people, a, lot, a number of people. I'd probably stand in the train station in Liverpool Street or Waterloo with an iPad, and I'd do a survey on what your biggest frustration is right now and i would collate a thousand uh a spreadsheet of a thousand answers i would pick the most popular things and then i would build a a packaged product to solve that problem and then i would go and sell that to people i would go and speak about it i would go and pick up my phone and my stage and talk about all the ways that you can help people and how to overcome certain problems. And I would continuously talk and talk and talk until someone wanted to buy that program. And then I would ask for testimonials and I would leverage and I would basically do what I do every single business that I start. So get demand, ask if people would like this certain product or certain package and if that would help them, how much they'd be willing to pay for that, go and build it, go and sell it, get a testimonial, sell it again, then go and scale it and market it. And all you do is you pick up your phone and you talk about it constantly. And that's it. Easy. (laughs) It really is. It really is. I don't know why people struggle. Honestly, I don't know why people struggle. It is so, so everyone has got the opportunity to go out and share some value on here. And then... package up a product a real valuable product to go and help someone i mean that's it
0: the biggest like the game changer for me was the 21 day content challenge that we done last year
1: yeah the live
0: challenge and yeah that really helped me grow massively
1: yeah it gets you used to jumping on that stage and and speaking it's not comfortable
0: not worrying about other people's opinions once you get over the, the the fear of people's like comments or Yep. I have to say I think like once you get over that it's it's sort of like it's just a game changer
1: yeah and and, and I think that is why people don't do it because they're worried about those comments but you've got to understand that everyone who's commenting is there to serve you like if it's if if they're telling you you're great that's amazing that's going to give you the confidence to to push forward but it doesn't make you get better if people are telling you you're great It just makes you feel puffed up and cocky people telling you you've got a this is crap that's crap if you don't think it's crap you won't care but if there's something that they say that really you know pulls a nerve that's a warning sign that's a that's an indicator an internal mechanism to go Look, this person, there's some truth in what this person's saying, and you don't like this about yourself. So what are you going to do about it? And that's when you go, oh, God, you know, they said I've got this terrible system in my business and it isn't it isn't automated and it isn't working you know, seamlessly. And they're right. You know, and you think that and then you think, right, thank you for that, because I'm really going to sort that out now. You sort it out, you come back. Another person, can't, well, they disappear for a start because the problem's gone. And even if they do, if someone else says you've got a terrible system in your business, you now you know, it doesn't bother you because you've sorted it. So the haters, you need to grow. The people who love you, you need to support and, and obviously you're serving them as well. So that's, they're who is gonna give you the fair exchange. But the people that hate and comment and challenge your ideas, you need them. Don't try and hide from them because otherwise you're going to end up just trying to find the people that love you. <laughs> this is why everyone always says just disconnect negative people from your life and all this terrible strategy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so you need so, to- so
1: that so that you can just be bubble wrapped with all people telling you you're great, and then you just get cocky and fat. <laughs> nah.
0: Cocky, I like the, the and fat analogy. <laughs> you
1: get fat, you get fat.
0: Was it your, one of your recent podcasts you're saying about when you started trading, you ended up getting fat, and you misses? was like, come on, you. I did, yeah, you, yeah.
1: Well, when I, when I it was about a year into my trading journey, I was making very good returns. We, did, I, I mean, I just so happened to do about 78% in my trading on the first year, so it was it, that didn't help. Um. And we moved into this amazing house. We had a big pool, you know, massive acre of land or whatever. And everyone who was around me at that time would say, oh, you're so successful, blah, 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 blah. And I wasn't where I wanted to be. Um, But you start listening to these people, puts you in in a, a stagnant state, you know, where you're, okay, I'm successful in their perception. And then you look at the life they've got and you think, well, I would think I was successful if I was in their position, you know, but I'm not where I want to be yet. So I need to stop listening to these people. Um, And and if you do listen to those people, you end up getting a bit comfortable, putting on a few pounds and feeling like the, you know, the big daddy and, and you're not the big daddy. No one's, no one's, no one's better than anyone. No one's, you know, it's your journey. And if you're not where you want to be yet, Make sure you're aware of what people are telling you and definitely embrace people challenging your ideas and the hated comments and the negative comments on social media.
0: So all through your journey, you've had lots of mentors and guides. Who's yeah. been your like, biggest inspiration or like, you, yeah, you're, like your greatest inspiration? Yeah,
1: and funnily was- enough, the biggest inspiration, uh, one of my biggest inspirations was my boss at my first job. Um, He was like the best mentor to me, took me under his wing, taught me everything he knew. And he taught me so much about life and business and processing issues and processing, you know, communicating in values and all this kind of stuff and just getting it done, you know, get mucking in and jumping off a cliff. Like literally he was a guy called George Turnbull. um, And he was probably the biggest inspiration in my Entrepreneurial journey and my, you know, my my wealth creation and my business journey, and then since then there's been many, many more. You know, lo- lots more. My wife's an inspiration. My son's an inspiration. My mentors uh, are inspirations, and my clients and students are inspirations. So, yeah, just always have mentors, always have coaches, always have people around you that are going to inspire you.
0: Yeah, well, say so they always say your network is your network, don't they? Or that you, you are the absolutely the five people that you spend the most time with, or yeah. something like that. Yeah, of course. So, last two favorite business quote or favorite success quote of yours?
1: To to be in business, you have to be in business, and that was by George Turnbull, who I just mentioned, um, and I didn't know have a clue what he meant when he told it to me because I was 19 years old, sitting in his Volkswagen. T five van on the way to London, and he he said, "To be in business, you have to be in business." And he always used to say it to me until I figured out that actually, what he means is to get anything working, you have to just keep being doing it. Like you have to—that you won't get a business going if you're not doing the business. You know, if you're not making a mistake, you won't learn and get to the next step. And it makes i mean it makes so much sense to me and it makes more sense every day because the more i see people failing and then giving up and failing and then giving up or hitting a hurdle and then going oh yeah it's a bit too hard it makes so much sense because if you're not in business you're not going to be in business and it's it's really as simple as that how 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 simple can a quote be but how powerful can a quote be i mean it's it, it just that is the answer to most things if you want to be some, something something you got to do it that's
0: it yeah i mean like when you read all the books that people have succeeded they've failed like thousands of times before they've actually yeah where they want to go it's just that persistent yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah if you put it this way if you give up you're definitely not going to make it work <laughs> if you keep going you might not make it work then but if you give up, you definitely won't, won't make it It's like a bit like the lottery, right? If you if you play it, you probably won't win. If you don't play it, you definitely won't win.
0: <laughs> you don't really want to throw your money at that anyway.
1: You don't want to be playing the lottery, no. no.
0: Not for the odds of winning. And nah.
1: <laughs> no. um, It's just a disempowering way to live.
0: Yeah, just relying on other people, isn't it? Just- yeah, just
1: fingers crossed that that's going to sort my life out. And then the the ironic thing is because you haven't got the right mindset and knowledge to manage money. When you do win it, you give it away. It's the people that win the lottery that lose all the money. It's, it's ironic.
0: All right. So obviously on your journey, you've read a a ton of books. A few. Just a a couple. (laughs) Uh, What would be the one book that you recommend that to get anyone started on their journey? Like wealth, business
1: mindset. Yeah,
0: the the, the the ultimate book.
1: Do you know what? Oh, God, it's a tough one. Um, I would have to say. I mean, I, I, the first book I read was "Think and Grow Rich." Okay, that was the first. Well, it was the first self-help book that I read, other than a Paul McKenna one that I read before that. But it was a, it was "Think and Grow Rich." Um that's a great book right and then my ultimate book is principles by ray dalio that's my favorite book and i I think everyone should read that book because it's all about processing issues being open-minded you know taking reality and dealing with it it is it's going to serve you um, way beyond you know just one area of your life Um, and i always recommend that book as my ultimate book but Just based on the conversation we've had, the the book that I believe everyone should read is The Values Factor by Dr. John Demartini. If you read The Values Factor by Dr. John Demartini, you'll understand how important it is to find you and allow allow yourself to design this life that plays out your inner desires every single day and where that can get you. And um, that's a fantastic book. So, I'd, I'd recommend kind of cheated and gave you three, but well, principles, values factor. Yeah,
0: definitely, definitely something that I definitely will be reading is the Dr. John Martini ones because,
1: yeah.
0: yeah, such an impact in your life. So, yeah, definitely, definitely. 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 Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Last one. Uh, I said that last time, but last one. What does the average day look like for Jason Grayson? So, your morning routine and like your day to day.
1: The average day. So I get up in the morning and I sit in darkness with a drink, a a litre of water or pint of water, um, have a coffee, black coffee, sit in darkness, or I have my blinds open, no phone, nothing, about 20 minutes, 25 minutes every morning, just thinking about what I'm going to do in the day. Um, And then I go to the gym and I either do weights or a hip workout, maybe go for a run. After that, have a shower, come in, do my trading, look at the markets for about an hour, two hours. After that, we go for breakfast or we have breakfast and uh, do that kind of stuff. And then it's just kind of calls and just like networking or you know, checking out some opportunities, maybe doing some content, something like that. Um, and then we have lunch together. Me and my wife have lunch together. We have dinner together every day, lunch together every day. I'm not one of these that like, you'll see a lot of people on social media with their phone at their dinner, phone at the dinner, phone at the lunch. If you notice, although I'm out on social, I'm very private in my family, you know? So we don't have phones at dinner. We don't have phones at lunch. We don't have phones in restaurants. We don't have phones when we're enjoying our family time. We just went for a whole week in Portugal and there was minimal footage of us, Round the pool, you know, enjoying each other's company because we're enjoying each other's company. (laughs) We're not, we're not there yet. So we're very kind of close in that way as a family. We enjoy when it's our time, it's our time. And um, I I live that every day. So we spend a lot of time doing that kind of thing. Dinner's very important together, lunch very important together. And then other than that, it's just like, yeah writing down ideas, and that's about it like honestly it's 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 really not that like amazing but it's it is amazing because i can choose what i do every day which is the
0: that is the which goal is the,
1: which is the goal and also i get to help people and you know that i help people they pay me and that's great i help them doing something i love they pay me to fund what i want to do build wealth and that's perfect situation for anyone in my opinion
0: that is that is that is the goal to to, to aim for to do, what yeah. you want to do when you want to do it absolutely so, yeah the one book that you didn't add on to the list was the always free book
1: yeah well i can't recommend my own book but yeah that that book is going to be uh hopefully help a lot of people and it'll be out very very soon we've had a lot of problems with this because of all of the lockdown and the covid and the um, and then we were going for trademarks and that took a long time, six, seven months just to get trademarks passed off. And we needed those before the book went out. So that's been the latest delay, but it's any minute now.
0: All right. So if people want to find you on socials, where would where do they find you?
1: Yeah, just Jason Greystone on all the channels other than Instagram, which is J underscore Greystone. If you type Jason Greystone into Instagram, just be wary. There's only one account of me and it's J underscore Greystone, one underscore. There's lots of fakes. And as soon as you follow me on there, they will you will be contacted by these fake accounts asking you to connect on WhatsApp and Facebook. Don't do that. So you can find me on there, but I would just recommend you go and listen to the podcast, always free. Start at episode one. And um, if you listen to episode six, if you listen from one to six, send me a message and let me know what you think.
0: i definitely recommend the podcast. Awesome podcast. Um, it's Thank I mean, you. It helped a lot of people. Helped, helped me massively, especially through my debt, getting out of debt. So
1: yeah. Amazing. And you can check out the show as well. We do that as a live show now on, on Thursdays, which may change to a Sunday morning, but it's on YouTube.
0: Cool. Well, thank you for coming on. It's been a been a pleasure. Likewise. Thanks, Alan.